Two guys not related, yet somehow are given the same name. It's time for the Two Daves podcast, where we'll answer the age-old question, are two Daves better than one? And now, here's Dave and Dave. And welcome back to the Two Daves Nation, where Dave and Dave are still trying to figure out who their secret Santa really is. Hey, I'm Dave. And I'm the other Dave. Please make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Click the bell to remind you every week when a new Two Daves episode is out. And um, go ahead and get on whatever podcasting platform there is and listen to the Two Daves. Hey, it's, um, it's a good time. It's uh, some people say it's a waste of an hour, but I would just say it's um, it's an it's, hour. Uh, it's an hour. Yeah, that's right. It's that's right. It's it's an hour. Hey, Dave. Um, yeah. Who's never hungry at Christmas? Who's never hungry at Christmas? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm always hungry at Christmas. Oh, well, the turkey. He's always stuffed. Ba-dum-bum. Okay. All right. All right. Dave, I am so excited. Yes. Yes, because Christmas is this week. It is. is. Saturday is Christmas. Did you know Santa's checking his list twice this week? I heard that. And uh, I'm kind of nervous about that, but I'm pretty excited. (laughs) I've gotten coal so much for Christmas that maybe it's time to start getting something real. I hope. I hope you do. I hope it's not a plunger this year. I, and I hope it's not a toilet coffee mug, <laughs> which Dave gave me one year for Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause you deserved it. I probably <laughs> no, seriously, Dave, it is time for the two days fact of the day hey, sponsored right. by hostess beef Twinkies. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Hostess beef Twinkies <laughs> with a pure beef center. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> that sounds good right now, doesn't it? I think that's what I'm having for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be your Christmas dinner. Yeah. Hey, Hostess Beef Twinkies, Dave. It's those cattle flavored snack cakes that so many people have been wanting. Are you tired of that creamy, sugary feeling? How about trying a, a beef Twinkie on the grill or in the microwave? Mm-hmm. Remember, Dessert doesn't have to be dessert in order to be good. And now the Two Daves podcast. (laughs) Or maybe we should say dessert doesn't have to be good in order to be dessert. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, whatever. Either way. It doesn't have to be dessert either. That's right. Either way. (laughs) All right. Are you ready for that fact of the day, Dave? I'm ready. Legos have a uniform system. A Lego brick made in 1960 will fit perfectly with a Lego brick made today. I didn't know that. Well, you know, I didn't really know it either, but um, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't tried it. I don't have any Legos from 1960. Come to think of it, I don't have any Legos from 2021 either. Well, you know, if they did Home Alone in 1960, then the feeling that um, Marv got when he stepped on those um, Legos, right? Dude, have you ever stepped on a Lego? Uh, it hurts, yes. It hurts like the Dickens, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Hey, uh, I wanted to kind of start out our podcast by talking about some unusual Christmas traditions. Now, we've done this throughout 
our podcasting career, right? Yeah. 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 However short and long that is, whatever you want to say, but. But these are our traditions from around the world, right? Yeah. Right. About Christmas. So um, I'll start and then we'll just kind of go from there. In Japan, all I want for Christmas is KFC. Forget the Christmas turkey day. For many Japanese um, families, traditional Christmas dinner is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hey, I'm there. Due to a combination of tiny Japanese ovens and a clever marketing campaign convincing local families that fried chicken is a traditional American Yuletide feast. Reservations have to be made to eat at KFC on Christmas Day. <laughs> wow. Now, I have to ask you a question. Uh-huh. It's obvious. Have you ever had KFC for any holiday? Well, yes. Well, I take it back. We had Chester's chicken on Christmas about three years ago. Oh, you did? Yeah, that was under different circumstances, which we won't talk about right now. Uh, okay. Well, I, I've had KFC for a holiday. It was July 4th. We've had it for a few, few well, of those. You know, that okay. makes sense. You yeah. know, honestly, I love KFC. I'd be happy eating KFC for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. I think uh, my wife would be happy because uh, she wouldn't have to cook all that stuff. So That's right. Oh, well, that's interesting, though. It is. Well, you know, what's also interesting is that during the run up to Christmas, Colonel Sanders statues outside KFC's Japanese outlets wear Santa gear (laughs) and the chicken is served in special holiday packaging. And demand is such that an online service has been created. Order your Christmas family bucket in advance and have it delivered. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. KFC is popular, probably more popular in Japan than it is here. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) that's marketing for you yeah that's right that's right what do you have dave well i got one from catalonia (laughs) do you even know what catalonia is uh i've heard of it i've heard yeah Yeah, it's somewhere in the world i think it is it is somewhere in the world and their tradition Mm -hmm. is pooping their way through christmas (laughs) that's right welcome to the bizarre catalan tradition of the pooping log and this is i'm not trying to be offensive but this is serious Locals in Catalonia create a character out of a log, drawing a face on it and giving it a hat. And then they spend a fortnight feeding it fruit, nuts, and sweets. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, it's hard to comprehend why this tradition hasn't caught on elsewhere. <laughs> I know. That's weird. Uh, they also decorate their nativity scenes with small pooping ceramic figurines. <laughs> Usually well-known characters often drawn from that year's news, the figurines always have their pants down around their ankles. <laughs> Hard to believe that hasn't caught on. Uh, (laughs) Oh, we could probably make up some really good carols about that, couldn't we? (laughs) But let's move on. I wish that you wouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Okay, in Greenland, Dave, you know where Greenland is? I do. Okay, where's it at? Greenland's up there by Iceland. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, a Christmas dinner you'll never forget. Next time you find yourself complaining about Granny's festive Brussels sprouts, spare a thought 
for the poor tykes that live in Greenland, Dave. Okay. Each Christmas, they have to wrap a small Arctic bird in seal skin. And then they bury it for several months. And then when it's Christmas Day, they, they take it out of the ground, they clean it up, and they eat its decomposed flesh on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. It makes that green jello with hard cat food sound delicious, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yes, it does. Okay. Well, hey, I got one from Ukraine. Okay. Check the halls with spider webs. <laughs> That's right. In addition to the standard tinsel and fairy lights and baubles, Ukrainians like to throw an artificial spider and web on the tree as well. They kind of combine Halloween and Christmas, it sounds like. Oh. Well, yeah. but there's a reason for it. The tradition has its origins in an old tale of a poor woman who couldn't afford to decorate her tree. And so she woke up on Christmas morning to discover a spider had covered it in a glorious sparkling web. Oh, the good old Christmas spider. Good old Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back when I was a kid, we had something that was popular called angel hair. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It you was just throw spun. it on the tree, right? Yeah, it, it, it well, it spun glass, and you're supposed to put it in front of the lights. Yeah, and it really was pretty at night when the lights yeah. were were shining. It would it would just shine through that spun glass. It was really pretty, but during the daytime, it looked like spider webs on the tree. Yeah, it was not pretty. I remember that. Yeah, and it was That's... hard to put on. You had to wear gloves because it was glass, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad it kind of phased out because it was a pain in the neck. And that went on the tinsel trees, right? The yeah, yeah. We had tinsel oil trees or whatever years, it was. Yeah. 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 Well, in Portugal, I guess this one could be called I Feed Dead People. <laughs> and as I was looking at this, Dave, I I had to think about our one podcast where I think it was on either Thanksgiving. I think it was a Thanksgiving tradition of there's a place somewhere in the world also where they do um, cardboard cutouts of dead family members. Do you remember this was just a This was just a particular family. We were talking about family traditions and somebody had written in saying that their family tradition is, is, and it wasn't just Thanksgiving or Christmas. It was every holiday. Okay. They celebrate every holiday with cardboard cutouts of their dead relatives. Yeah. Okay. Now listen to the, okay. Now you have that. Now listen to this. Okay. During the traditional Christmas feast in Portugal, families sometimes set extra places at the dining table for deceased relatives. Mm. It's thought that the practice will ensure good fortunes for the household. In some areas, crumbs are left around the table as well, I believe, right? And your thought... um, you're feeding your your living relatives was hard enough, but now you're feeding dead people and hoping that they like what you leave them. Well, but, uh, chances are they're not going to be complaining much about the meal. N- no, they won't. <laughs> they won't. They won't get up and leave either. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> but, well, all right. The, the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic uh, has a pair of matchmakers. On Christmas Eve, unmarried Czech women stand with their back to the door and they toss one of their shoes over their shoulder. If it lands with the toe facing the door, it means that they'll be married within the year. And if it lands with the heel facing the door, well, 
they're in for another year of watching Hallmark movies all by themselves. <laughs> Perhaps it's better marrying a heel, though. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I heard uh, your wife threw her shoes at you. Oh, every year. It's yeah. our it's it's our family tradition on a Christmas Eve. She takes all of her shoes and throws them at me as hard as she can. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great tradition. It is. It's it started. Well, as soon as we got married. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it did. I'm yeah. sure it did. God bless your wife. Okay. Uh, in Germany, you're to fill your boots. Now, I was thinking about the pooping log. I was hoping you don't <laughs> fill them with this. But on the evening of the 5th of December, German children leave a boot or a shoe outside their bedroom door. In the morning, if uh, they've been good, they will wake to find the shoes filled with sweets. If they don't have anything in it, they'll only find no sweets. They'll just find a branch from a tree. Mm. Mm. I guess it's kind of like the tradition of coal in your stockings or. Yeah. Yeah. What, what Belschnickel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, those are those are some of the weird traditions, but now we have some stupid Christmas gifts that are actually they sell out at Christmas time. Yeah, these are ridiculous. I did, I did some research on that. I couldn't believe it. But go ahead, Dave, you start. Well, the first the first gift that we found, and this is a bestseller, it's a thumb hat. A red thumb hat. It looks like it's crocheted or something. And you buy it and you put it on your thumb. It's it's a little miniature hat that you put on your thumb. And the purpose, I'm not sure, but a thumb hat, you can get it for $2.95. Wow. You know what they say, a warm no. thumb. A warm what do they thumb. say about a warm thumb? I don't know what else they say. <laughs> okay, the the next one is from the Stinky Candle Company. The Stinky and, Candle. Yes, and they have four different scents. They uh, uh they are uh, pizza, uh mm. nachos, mm. um some kind of bread, I can't remember what it is, and this one is their number one seller. Pickle scented candles. That's their number one seller. Pickle yep. scented. Mm -hmm. You know, twelve dollars and fifty cents, Dave. Twelve fifty. You know, I can yeah. believe that there is kind of a a cult <laughs> of people who love pickles and they love the flavor of pickles found in the strangest places. And it doesn't surprise me that people would like to fill their home with the scent of pickles. I would not be able to live there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like pickles, but yeah. I don't need to smell it all the time. No, no. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Peter Piper does that at Christmas time. It could be. You never know. Yeah. You, you know, know you were talking about that? you were talking about scents. Yeah. Uh, one one time, one day, years ago, this was many years. Well, let's see, twenty one years ago, we were running a motel, and uh, I was also working a, across the street at the local high V. And uh, I was able to pick up some hours on Thanksgiving uh, for time and a half. And we, we got off before dinner, you know, so it was good. It, it, it yeah. worked out well. And I came back across the street and walked through the office. And we were told that we could close the motel for the holiday. 
So I just, I came to the office and I smelled beer. Uh, just a very distinctive, very terrible odor of beer. And I thought, oh, somebody came through, wanted a room, and Nita went ahead and opened the office, let them in. They're, you know, they, they stunk with beer. They, they needed the place because they were drunk. So I came in and I said, who did you check in? She says, what are you talking about? I said, who did you check in? She says, I haven't checked anybody in the motel's closed. I said, it smells like beer in the office. She had put dinner rolls out on the radiator to rise. Oh, and that, yeast. that, yes, that yeast that was working, oh, it smelled yeah. like beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever noticed going into a subway that when you leave a subway, I mean, you smell like yeast. Really? I have not noticed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to throw, you got to throw your, your uh, clothes into the dirties <laughs> right away. But okay. no, I, you know, pickles is something that, it is. It's very um, popular nowadays. Pickle, pickle flavored potato chips. Yeah. Um, Ice cream. Know, even people are putting pickles on pizza. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. That that's um, just that's just going too far. I. Well, here I got one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tinfoil hat for cats. <laughs> A tinfoil hat for cats. It costs $7.50. Now, you know what? Whoever makes gifts like this for a cat has never owned a cat. <laughs> no. we, we have a cat. I think probably you know that. My daughter yep. here several months ago saw in a store, I believe it was a five below, saw a pair of rain boots for a cat. Actually, it wasn't a pair of rain boots. It was you know a set of four rain boots that you can put right. on a cat. She says, I'm going to get these for Onyx. I said, you're, you're stupid. There's no way that you are going to be able to put those on a cat. Well, they're made for a cat. So certainly we can do it. I said, hey, buy them. No, she wasn't able to get them on the cat. No. <laughs> no, maybe a dog for a while. Yeah, maybe for a while until they ate them off. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the uh, uh, the Weird Al Yankovic song about uh, tinfoil. <laughs> I oh, see well. Joaquin Phoenix in the movie Signs sitting there with tinfoil on his head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you like tinfoil hats for kids, you're going to, for cats, you're going to love kids? this one. Yeah. yeah. You're going to love this one. It's okay. a cat. Wait. Well, first of all, how much is that tinfoil hat? $750. $750. Okay. You probably already said that, didn't you? I did, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, this next one is a $5.95 gift. It's a cat bow tie. <laughs> no. Save now, your money, folks. Save your money. Now, if you look at this, it's a cat with a bow tie with, with a, um, a top hat and uh, one of those. Um, um, Monocle? Monocle. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Kind of <laughs> reminds you if it, there was a, like a stick that it, that it was holding. It remind you of Colonel Clink, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's you can just save your money. These uh, these go out of stock. I mean, they're best sellers. Yeah. 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 Well, here's Any another more? one. Yeah. Here's another one. A squirrel in its underpants. That's an ornament, a tree ornament with a squirrel <laughs> in his underpants. And get this, it's fifteen ninety five, and it sells out. Oh. S <laughs> squirrel Bob sponge pants. I don't know. 
Here, here's a good one too. Now I would almost buy this one probably for you, Dave. And that is, it's a holy toast. So what you do is it looks like, um, it look, what would you do on that, Dave? Well, it looks like imprints. Yeah. It imprints like the Virgin Mary. Yeah. And however that happens. Well, you know, somebody years ago made a piece of toast and it came out and there was some sort of a, you know, a design or whatever on the toast that, that the person who made the toast thought it looked like the Virgin Mary. And they made a big deal out of it and wound up selling the thing on eBay for thousands of dollars. So I think this is probably kind of a takeoff of that. They actually do imprint the Virgin Mary on there so that people can have holy toast. Well, that made it on Jay Leno's show, if you remember. I don't remember, but it yeah. doesn't surprise me. Wow. But how much is that? Five dollars and twenty-five cents. That's a steal of a deal. That well, is that just one piece of toast? Yeah, but did you see what it says there? No. Out of stock already. Out of stock. Well, you're not gonna have that for Christmas morning. No, you're not. You're not. Well, here's another one. Uh, an underpants wallet. That's right. It's a <laughs> wallet that's made out of tidy whities. I want that. I think that'd be wouldn't, fun to have. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. And it's fifteen dollars and fifty cents. Does it have a zipper or not? <laughs> it has, I don't know. <laughs> it has go a barn on, door, Dave. right? Okay. Yeah. We'll go. <laughs> now, this one I thought was hysterical. It's called Little Undertaker's Modest Pet Urn. It's an urn made out of a coffee can. And what's so funny about it, it's got a little boy uh, consoling like a little sister. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. a goldfish in front of the in front of the <laughs> coffee can. <laughs> so you're supposed to burn these animals, I guess, and then put them in the urn. Yeah. Wow. Now uh, what does it mean by modest pet urn? What does that well, mean? Well, coffee can. How much more modest can you get than that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hope my wife's not listening because she's gonna be putting me in a large coffee can. <laughs> They don't make them that big. Well, hey, you never know. <laughs> How much is that, Dave? Nine dollars and fifty cents. Nine fifty. Well, that's a cheaper mo- than what you can get at a funeral home. It's a modest price. It is a modest price. That's right. I think we, well, have, we one have one more, more. right? What? Yeah. What? I said I think we have one more, and you said oh. we have one more. <laughs> yeah, we have one more. It's an inflatable turkey. I don't know what else to say about it. It's an, it looks like a real Turkey, but it's inflatable. I don't know if if that's supposed to be like a gag gift, you know, grandma brings out the Turkey on the platter and you cut into it and it pops or whatever. I don't know, but it's $11 and 95 cents for an inflatable Turkey. Okay. Now, Dave, out of all these gifts, if you could have three of them, which ones would you, you have to pick three, which ones would you pick? Well, the inflatable turkey, obviously. I would do that as well. Yeah, because I could have fun with the inflatable turkey. Yeah. Um, that's really bad. That's no, come on. Bad. You have to pick two more. All right. Underpants wallet. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking to see. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, the holy toast. The holy toast. Yeah. 
I what would you pick? Squirrel and underpants ornament. Really? I wouldn't want to try to explain that when people would come over to our house. <laughs> uh, that's our slow squirrel. <laughs> Stinky the squirrel. And then I'd do the underpants wallet and the inflatable turkey. Okay. Well, we're, we're Merry Christmas, similar. Dave. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I thought that tonight would be a good opportunity for us to unwrap the meaning of Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, I think probably everyone who listens to this podcast knows where we stand as far as Jesus is concerned. We believe that Jesus is the reason for the season. But you know that because of a lot of myths and traditions, some of them started by Christmas carols, yeah. uh, which are not inspired. I, I'm not against the Christmas carols. I love all the carols, but they're not inspired like the Bible. Right. Uh, the Bible is the inspired record of the birth of Jesus. And so sometimes there are a lot of myths about Christmas that just aren't true. And we think they're true because we've heard all the, the legends and the stories and the Christmas carols. So we yeah. thought we'd just take a few minutes tonight to kind of uh, expose some myths. Okay. Well, why don't you start? All right. I'll start. Well, first of all, myth number one, and these are in no particular order, other than this is the order we've written them down. But myth number one is that Jesus was an only child. And I know that um, I, I don't want to don't want to offend our Catholic brothers and sisters, but I know that that is a Catholic tradition that Jesus was an only child because they believe that Mary was uh, was always a virgin. But it's just simply not the truth. The Bible right. does does record the fact that Mary and Joseph had children after Jesus was born. That's right. And uh, his brothers and sisters show up in the uh, the gospel stories. So, mm. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that, like you said, these myths happen out of church traditions. Yes. Yeah. So, and you said it best, church traditions is not the same as the Word of God. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, the next one I have is that Jesus was born in a stable, but that's, that's, not, that's not true. That is, that's absolutely right. He was not born in a stable. No, there's no evidence that he was born in a stable. The only the only reason why people believe he was born in a stable is because he was laid in a manger and a manger was a feeding trough for animals. That's right. But how does how do you figure that he wasn't born in a stable? then? Well, I think he was probably born in, a, you know, sometimes people would say he's a, was in a cave. Yeah. Uh, Chances are it was a cave of some sort. Where yeah. 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 That, I mean, there were, were animals in there. Yeah, stables were not a an actual thing at that time, at least in yeah. that in that part of the world. So. But they look good for our nativity scenes, though. They don't do. They? It's a lot easier to build a stable than it is <laughs> yeah. a cave. That is for sure. That is for sure. Well, What's here's another one? one. Yeah, here's another one. Um, Jesus wasn't born on December. Excuse me, I, I'm, we're saying them as the myth, right? Yes. The myth is that Jesus was born. His birthday is December the twenty fifth. Hmm. And he was not born in December the 25th. Actually, we don't know precisely when he was born. Some say that he was born in the spring. Some say he was born in October. It wasn't December the 25th. Actually, that was a pagan holiday. And we ripped the world off of the holiday and decided to celebrate Jesus on it. And I think that's great. Some Christians yeah. don't celebrate Christmas because they don't like the fact that December the 25th was a pagan holiday. I say, hey, yeah, let's let's. Let's take something that was meant for evil and turn around for good. That's right. It's just an excuse to not 
buy gifts for your kids or yeah, whatever. That's right. Okay, here's one. Uh, Xmas is a sacrilegious abbreviation. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people don't say Xmas because you're crossing out Christ. Oh, boy. Well, I, I believe, Dave, that that started in the 16th century. Oh, before that, Somewhere. I believe. Before that. Was it 14th? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what, but, you know, the X is the Greek symbol for Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny that we're saying we're taking Christ out. However, Christ is in it. Yeah. He is Christ. Yeah. X yeah. is Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So don't yeah. get all don't get all upset about abbreviating it with Xmas. It's not crossing him out. It is Christmas. Right, right. There's and there was no there was no intention of causing um an offense by that at all. Right, right. Not at all. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, here's another one. Uh another myth is that there were three wise men. Hmm. There is no re- First of all, there's no record of how many wise men there were, wise men or magi, depending on what translation of the Bible you're reading. Um, the reason why we get the number three is because they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. However, you have to realize it probably wasn't, you know, one, one wise man carrying a little thing of gold, one carrying a little thing of frankincense, one carrying a little thing of myrrh. But normally these magi would travel in caravans. So there could very well have been a couple of hundred of them mm. that were traveling and they brought tons of whatever they were bringing. So, uh, but you know, we sing about it. We three Kings. Yeah. Again, the Carol has his throne. Well, and even some, um, some traditions have given names to the three wise men. Mm. And I, I remember like I said, Curly Mo. Yeah. Larry, Curly Mo. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, Balthazar. And I don't remember the names of the other two. But they are not in the Bible. Baltazar was in the movie Big. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. That was Shazbot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Shazbot. That's right. Okay, so um, is it wrong that we sing hymns about misconceptions? We sing all these, and it's okay. Again, they're not inspired. They're just some person wrote them. And got confused because, you know, hey, there's three gifts. There must be three wise men, but there weren't. Mm. All right. How about this? The angels didn't sing. That's right. We get all confused and think that the angels sing. The angels aren't a choir. They're an army. Mm-hmm. What, they what? spoke. Yeah, they spoke it like thunder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the... Uh, if I'm not cor- if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong here, um, when the shepherds were out, you know, tending to their flock, the heavens opened up, yeah, and a bright light shone. Mm-hmm. So, where do you think we get the singing from? Well, I don't know. I you know, I, it's probably Christmas carols, you know, that talk about the singing angels, but it yeah. does not. It says that they spoke. So, Mm -hmm. and again, Mm -hmm. they weren't a choir. Angels aren't a choir. People, people think that angels are these, I don't know, these floaty fairies or whatever, but you don't want to mess with an angel. No, the the heavenly host is the armies of God. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. They're, um, they're up to the kingdom business, man. Yeah. Not cool. I got another one. I got another one about the wise men or the magi. 
Okay. This myth is that they showed up at the nativity, that they were there at the quote unquote stable to bring the gifts. And that is not true um, because it took them a long time to find, for, for the star to lead them to find. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew that the child was already in a house. He was already, they'd left the cave and was in a house. And um, because of the fact that Herod instructed all of the children, the, the boys, two years old and younger, to be killed, many scholars believe that Jesus was about two by the time they finally found him. And could it be that those gifts came at the exact right time? Oh, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, they were, uh, they were expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, back then they bartered and did all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, and you know that Joseph, Joseph died when Jesus was, was young. We don't know. Uh, we don't know when we don't know all the circumstances, but we know by the time that Jesus entered his public ministry, that Joseph was out of the picture. So, and a widow in those days uh, would have had a very hard time. Yeah. So I believe that, that that was able to help Mary along the way. And also Jesus didn't work a job, you know, he, uh, I, I think that that helped support his ministry. Yeah. yeah. He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. He didn't do a lot of carpentry work after he started his public ministry though. No, yeah. no, he didn't. <laughs> One of our comedians that we like. <laughs> I know what you're thinking of. <laughs> Jesus, we want you to heal us, but. We also would like these cabinets up in our kitchen. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. How about this one? Uh, this one was really disappointing because, you know, I was a drummer boy in the uh, in many of the plays growing up. You were? Yes. Oh, that's so, so sweet. The myth is that there was a drummer boy. Yeah, there's no drummer boy. There is not. You are a fictional character, Dave. Man, I still am. <laughs> That's right. Bible talks about no drummer boy. That was, uh, again, somebody wrote a song many years yeah. ago about a drummer boy that showed up and beat his drum and the baby actually smiled at him. I can't believe that. But yeah. And yeah. the ox and the lamb kept time. That is a Christmas miracle right there. <laughs> well, they should be on a worship team then. <laughs> That's bad. Bad. Well, I got one more, and that is yeah. the myth that uh, Jesus did not cry. That comes from the from the carol, Away in a Manger, No Crying He Makes. Yeah. But Jesus was a baby just like we were babies, and yeah. he cried. He cried. He messed in his diapers. He did all that. See, um, we, have a, we, have a, we have no problem understanding and embracing the divinity of Christ. Right. Our problem is with the humanity of Christ. Yeah, exactly. Because it's hard to imagine that our Savior could get dirty. But if he can't get dirty, then he can't reach us in our lowest and dirtiest points. No, which means he probably nursed as well. Sure, sure he did. And, you know, there, yeah, people don't want to uh, admit that he was both all man, all God. Yeah, yep. I would have one more, Dave. Okay, what do you got? That, and it just it just came to me is that uh the lambs did not talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. The lambs yeah. didn't talk. Well, what's that? Do you hear what I hear, right? 
Oh yeah, do you hear what I hear? Yeah. <laughs> said the little said the little lamb. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> the shepherd boy said, I better stop eating those weeds that are over there by the fence. <laughs> I got some. <laughs> oh my. Oh man. Well, you know, each year we're going to kind of get serious now a little bit. Each year it's becoming increasingly apparent that Christ is trying to be taken out of Christmas by our secular culture. Mm-hmm. Nativity scenes are no longer displayed in public places unless you're in a small town like mine. We still put a nativity scene up at our courthouse, but that's unusual. Yeah, it is. Businesses are afraid to say Merry Christmas. They've instructed their employees to say Happy Holidays. Yeah. And Christmas music focuses on Santa and presents and what are we doing on New Year's and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So why is it? Why is culture? I mean, we don't even, they don't even call Christmas trees anymore. They're holiday trees. Yeah. Holiday lights. Yeah. Holiday meals. Yeah. Everything is as Christmas is, is out of the picture. So why is that? Why is culture taking Christ out of Christmas? Yeah. And before we go on, I think we need to state once again, Dave, that there's nothing wrong with Christmas songs. Right. There's nothing right. wrong with having a Santa. There's nothing until that starts taking the place. Yes. Of Christ. Right. Exactly. For us in the in the Christian realm. Right. Exactly. You yeah. know, one of my favorite decorations that we have is a um, is a statue. I guess you call it that. But it's Santa Claus kneeling at the manger. I, like I that love that. I love that. Yeah. That that piece of art, Santa kneeling at the manger. I like that. Now, was he at the? He was. He was at the nativity. He was there. Okay. He was one of the wise men. Oh, okay. Maybe it was the rain. Maybe it was Rudolph that was talking. That was it. They thought it was a lamb, but it was yes. Rudolph the red-nosed okay. reindeer. All right. Well, we better get on back on track here. Yeah. I mean, why why is the culture doing this? Yeah, and I think it comes back to what we talked about. Around Thanksgiving time, that the, they're trying to delete the traditions of Thanksgiving. It's that it's secularism and yeah. it's that anti God agenda for the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, secularism is it is a religion. Yes. And um, you and I uh, know that we, the church, needs to be bold about telling those who hold this secular um, viewpoint about the hope that there is in Jesus Christ, because the gospel of Jesus Christ, the great Christmas story, is the only hope this nation will ever, ever have. Yeah. And last week, you know, we looked at the national holiday that we call Christmas. But tonight we wanted to look at the real reason that Dave and I, along with all Christ followers, the real reason we celebrate Christmas So we want to finish this out tonight by talking about why Jesus had to come to earth. Why did he come? Why do we have Christmas? Right. Well, you know, we know that, first of all, he came to do the will of the Father. Yes. He had had a mission to fulfill. There was a prophetic word that he had to fulfill. Yeah, and it had been prophesied throughout the Old Testament. That Jesus yes. would come. As a matter of fact, those prophecies started back in the Garden of Eden. Mm. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the seed of the woman would come and crush yeah. the serpent's head. That was the first prophecy that a Savior would come. Yeah, And it finally happened hundreds of years later, but 
not late. It was in the fullness of time, Paul told the Galatian church, in the fullness of time, right when it was the time was right. And all the circumstances had to had to be right. You know, uh, uh, the, the you know, Pax Romana, uh, the uh, one language, the Greek language. Uh, there were so many things that made it so conducive to Jesus coming. Yeah, he came to do the will of the Father. Well, the scripture tells us in John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says, For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And that's mm-hmm. God the Father. And then in Hebrews 10, 7, he says, Behold, I've come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. That's good. Yeah. But we also know that um, the reason why Jesus came, he came to save sinners. Like you, know, you and I. Yeah, that's right. You know, mission statements are all the buzz. You know, everybody has a mission state. Every company, every business, every restaurant has a mission statement, you know, that they post in the lobby. And even now individuals are having mission statements. Do you know that Jesus had a mission statement before mission statements were cool? That's right. He said, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't Timothy, that cool. Either. That's right. Yeah. First Timothy 1.15, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Mm. Hebrews 9.26, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. For many years, you know, the sacrifices that people would bring, the blood would go on the mercy seat to cover over their sins. But when Jesus came, he came to take away the sins of the world. Yeah. And, and and people want to downgrade the role of Christ. Yeah. And if you start messing with him, you call him a sinner. You say that he, you know, you bring him down to your level. There's no way that he could he could have become the supreme sacrifice that we needed. I mean, we would have had to continue to have animal sacrifices and have a relationship with God through a priest. Yeah. But Jesus came to make us priests. That means that we could have that fellowship with him. Yeah. Yeah. And so next one would be, of, of course, this is, you know, appropriate to bring light to a dark world. Yeah. Yeah. He is the light of the world. Truly. He is. I love the Christmas Eve services, Dave. Yeah, me too. Uh, I love the the night effect of celebrating Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you've been a part of candlelight services or yes. anything, it's it's so powerful because when you see the light begin, like everybody begins to light their candles or however it is, it there's something unique about that. You see yeah. that God's called us to be the light of the world as well, but He first became light. Yeah, and on a, in a born into a dark world, as we live in a dark world, He became light. I just, yeah. I, I love, I I love the 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 night effect because it makes His statement that much more profound. Yeah, uh, He said in John twelve. Uh, 46, I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And this world is in darkness, Dave. I mean, Mm -hmm. just the political uh, system um, on down. I mean, 
it's a trickle down effect yeah. of um, darkness. And yeah. uh, Jesus takes us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, John 15, 22, Jesus says, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have uh, been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Yeah. Yep. The light of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, the next reason why Jesus came is to be made like his people. You remember that I was talking about how we, we embrace the divinity of Christ, but it's hard for us to understand the humanity of Christ, that he was 100% fully man and that he was just like us. But Hebrews chapter two tells us, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. So Jesus was born. He was a regular baby, just like all of us. He had to grow up under the instruction of his parents. And when he he entered into public ministry, he was tempted. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we see that uh, we think that those were the only three temptations, you know, the three Mm -hmm. recorded in Matthew four, whatever, that those are the only three times that Jesus was tempted. He was tempted many times all of his life because the Bible says that he was tempted in every way in which we're tempted. So um, there's just like us. Yeah, exactly. Just like us. Mm -hmm. And yet he's, he's came to be just like us. And yet he was not like us. Right. Which is the. And that's, he says that he was tempted in every way we were, but was without sin. Yeah. That's the difference. That's you right. Know, he, he did not sin. He did not yield to temptation once. Yeah. He could forgive. And we, we struggle to forgive. We struggle yeah. to love. We, I mean, yeah. we, we struggle with hatred. We struggle with all these things. And Jesus he he set the he set the bar he set the example yeah and uh, showed us that that um through him we can respond correctly you are correct you are correct okay the next one would be to bear witness to the truth yeah uh, we we sometimes forget he is the word became flesh yeah so he is truth. It's not, it's not about words. It's about the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, in John 18, 37, he's, the pilot said to, to Jesus, so you're a king, huh? And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is the truth listens to my voice yeah we live in a world of moral relativism yeah many Your truth voices, may not be my truth that's, yep. that's correct many voices they say many ways to happiness many ways to eternal life however they would call eternal life but jesus says i am the truth yes and i am the only way 
and I am the only life. Yeah. And no one can go to my father except through me. Yeah. Well, you know, Peter, uh, Peter, Pilate asked Jesus the question, what is truth? Yeah. And philosophers have asked that question throughout the centuries. What is truth? Yep. The problem is it's a wrong question. It's right. You should have said, who is truth? That's right. Because Jesus is truth. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, also, he came to destroy the devil and his works. Isn't that great? He came yeah. to destroy the devil and his works. Hebrews 2.14, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. I read that earlier. That through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. Yeah. And he also said in 1 John 3, 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah, yeah. And, and now he's trying to fool everyone that he's yeah. still winning. You know, Satan has always tried to destroy God, and he saw his, his prime opportunity when God became flesh, mm -hmm. he says, oh, now I've, now he's he's in a form that I can destroy. He could yeah. not destroy God. God's greater than he. But now that he's a human being, ah, oh, now I can destroy him. He tried, he tried, he tried, tried with the killing of the children, tried uh, at the um, at, with the temptation. You know, he tried over and over and over again and could not succeed. Finally, he felt like he had succeeded at the cross. Yeah. And he he bruised the heel. Yep. But uh, the word crushed his head. That's right. He rose again. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. We still we have victory today. Yeah. Because of Christ's coming. That's right. Um, the the next one is powerful because it goes beyond the temporary uh, reason. It goes to eternal life. He yes. came to give us eternal life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, I think of the main scripture of John 3, 16, of course, yeah. you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life. And, and then you go on and you look at John 6, 51, and Jesus is saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Yeah. He gave up. They didn't murder him. I, I don't care what people, they didn't kill him. He gave his life up. He could have come off the cross. He could have, he had the power to call the angels and, and to, to, um, you know, thwart the plans of that, but he had to go through that because that was the mission that he was called uh, to. And so he, he was the one that, because of his uh, unbelievable and our undeserving um, opportunity to, to come to him, uh, to be set free, to be changed, to be transformed. Yeah. He died taking my sin and your sin to the cross. Yeah. Well, he took my place. He mm -hmm. took your place so that we could have everlasting life for those that would come to him. Yeah. 
And you know, it's very interesting. He was born in Bethlehem. He was not from Bethlehem. Yeah. If you read the, the gospel story, he's not from there, but they had to travel there. That's why he was not born in a house. They couldn't find accommodations in the inn, so they were in a cave. But Bethlehem means house of bread. Yeah. And uh, he, he, it, he, the Bethlehem is what gave birth to the bread of life. Yeah. You know, and that's the same place that King David lived. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it all comes together. It sure does. Well, also the reason why Jesus came, he came to receive worship. We see that. I, I seem to be the one talking about the Magi a lot tonight. But yes. uh, we, read, we read about the wise men, the Magi, in the second chapter of Matthew. When it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, uh, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. They worshipped him, and then they gave him gifts. And I know some people would say, I don't have gold, and I don't even know what frankincense and myrrh are. Hmm. That's not important. The greatest gift that we can give him is our life. That's how we worship him, is to say, right. I give my life for you. Yeah. That was their act of worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you look at the shepherds, and their act of worship was, was them seeking out. Yeah, their obedience. The Christ child. That's right. And really, that's what it, that's what the Magi did too. They obediently followed the star. The shepherds obediently came to where uh, where the child was laid. It was obedient. Mary obediently said, "May it be unto me as you have said." Right. And Mary was not divine. No. Mary didn't have a halo. No. Uh, she was a person just like you and I, who simply said, "I obey. I, I trust you, God," and that was worship. The the hard. Part of that was Joseph uh, hearing the words, Mary is pregnant. And still I, trusting God. Yeah. But, well, you know, let's face it. The angel came to Mary, and eventually the angel had to come to Joseph. Yeah, but it was, it was afterwards. Ooh, yes. Yeah. I, Joseph, Joseph is one of my heroes. Yeah, Joseph could have had her stoned. Oh yeah, he could have had her killed. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He he's an amazing man. He is. I, I don't. You know, there's been lots of talk, Dave, about why Joseph was not talked a, a lot about. Uh -huh. And he, um, uh, you know, part of it is, you know, he was not. He's the earthly father, but he wasn't the heavenly father, and the focus right. was on the heavenly father. But I believe that when we get to heaven, man, he's going to be fun to talk to. Yeah, I can't wait. You know what? Yeah. He's one of the unsung heroes mm -hmm. of the Bible that people often kind of put in the shadows. Yeah. yeah. So not only did they do this to receive worship, but they did this to bring great joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think I think this Jesus Jesus was born. Um, people gave worship. They they thought it was he was worthy of their praise, yeah. right? Uh -huh. And so 
we look at this, the joy, it says in Luke 2, 10, that the angel sang to them. No, I mean, the angel said to them. <laughs> yeah. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Yeah. Jesus coming to earth was about bringing joy to joyless people yeah. all those years. They had nothing to be joyful about. Yeah. So, you know, that's you, you look at people today who come to Christ and all of a sudden you see there's a change. There, what's yeah. different about you? And because, joy, joy is not happiness. No, it's not based upon yeah. happenstances. Sometimes it's not at all. circumstances in our life make us sad, but there's still a joy. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. And we have a strength that can take us through some circumstances that do not make us happy. Yeah. That's yeah. why we celebrate for the Christian. We celebrate in the funeral. Yes. Service, because the joy is knowing that they're with their their savior. That's right. And <clears throat> excuse me, they're saying, come on, join me someday. Yeah, that's right. You know? <clears throat> well, Jesus came to receive worship. He came to bring great joy. Also, he came to demonstrate true humility. And nobody demonstrated true humility like Jesus. Uh, Paul says in Philippians, the second chapter, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know, I, I often think that um, God becoming human is kind of like is kind of like if if we. Uh, saw a race of cockroaches and knew that an exterminator was coming, but we loved the cockroaches so much that we tried to tell them they wouldn't listen. So we became a cockroach to tell them. Yeah. It's that kind of debasement, that kind right. of, uh, of, of humility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, let's face it. He had to get to that lowly position. Yeah. I mean, where did he come from? The he glory gave of up, yeah. yeah. He gave up heaven. To bring heaven down to earth. Yeah. And he yeah, Dottie, Dottie, Rambo, Dottie Rambo wrote the words, he left the splendor of heaven knowing his destiny. Yeah, that's Man, good. Powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. He, that's why we, when we console people and we might not have experienced what they're going through, we can say, but there's one that has. Yeah. Jesus went through it. Because yeah. he humbled himself and became just like you and I. Yeah. He wept over death. He wept over, over sad, sad things. He, he, he knows. He knows. Uh, is it my turn? It Dave? is. It, well, um, he came also to preach the gospel. And yes. we know he's the truth. He gave the truth. But... Uh, he quotes Isaiah 61. It says, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And what do you think he's talking about, Dave, when it's poor? 
without him, without him. That's right. It's not, it's not financial poverty. Right. Right. It's spiritual poverty. So he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, not, not physical blind, spiritually blind. Yeah. Um, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the Mm -hmm. other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Yeah, to proclaim the good news. Yeah. His mission was full of many missions. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I just had uh, one of our research team whispered in my ear, and said that it was not Dottie Rambo who wrote those words, but it was Rusty Goodman. Oh, Rusty Goodman. Yeah, that's correct. I was wrong about that. Yeah, both All right. great writers. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, another reason why Jesus came was to, and we don't like to talk about this, Yeah, but he came to bring judgment. John 9, Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Well, some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Mm -hmm. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he has to point out sin and he has to judge sin. He's holy. That's right. That's right. You know, what kind of what kind of a God is it that judges? Mm hmm. Uh, he's, he's holding back. Yeah. He's holding back a lot, giving us a grace period right now for, for us to come to a understanding that we are enemies of God Yeah, without Christ. And the judge has said, that if you're an enemy of Christ, yeah, you have to be dealt with. Yeah. But the judge has said there is a way to deal with it. Yeah. The judge sent his son to die for us, to take our judgment, to take our punishment. So yeah. Jesus came to bring judgment, but he came to bring judgment in such a way that we wouldn't have to be judged, but right. we, that we could be saved That's from right. judgment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, for sure. Um, not only that, but I mean, here's here's the great thing about Christ as well. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Yes. So uh, what people want to do is they want to point, our culture wants to point out the things that, you know, they don't like, but they don't want to give the whole picture of, of Christ. Yes. So in Mark 10, it says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you think of ransom, what do, what do you think of? What I think we, of the word, when I think of the word ransom, I think of a person who's been kidnapped. Right. And somebody has to pay an amount to get them set free. Yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, we let's face it, without him paying for the penalty of our sin, there's no way. There's just no way we can make it. Yeah. 
That's uh-huh. right. Another so, reason why Jesus came was to fulfill the law and prophets. Matthew 5, 17, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. We talked about how all the prophecies of Jesus, there were over 300 yeah. in the Old Testament that Jesus would come. He came. There's yeah. more than twice there's more than twice of that many that talk about him coming again. So yep, we know that's he's right. Again. That's right. That's right. Uh, he also came to reveal his love for sinners, God's mm-hmm. love for sinners. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, I, I read John three sixteen for God so loved the world. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. think we totally understand Dave, the depth and the width of God's love. Oh no. It's, well, Paul tells us that it. Paul tells us that it's impossible to understand. He says, "I pray that you might understand that which is not understandable." Right. You know. So. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we and, when we give we give up on people quickly. Yeah. He never gives up on us. That's right. That's not yeah. understandable. Yeah. But not only did he come to reveal God's love for sinners, but he also called. He came to call sinners to repentance. Mm-hmm. Mark two seventeen, and when Jesus heard it, he said to them, "Those who are uh, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Thank God, He came to call you and me." That's right. That's right. I mean, who else was He going to call? Yeah, there's none righteous. There's none righteous. No, not one. No. Uh uh-uh. uh And then He came to be born like you and I. And then he came to die, not like you and I, right? But he came to die, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I read the John chapter two, and there's a lot in this. But he says, "I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life." If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I've come to this hour. Yeah. Can you imagine all of his life? I wonder how old Jesus was when it dawned on him the reason why he came. That had to have loomed over him all those years. Well, even this, I I have to say, I see him not struggling, but maybe in a sense, if you could use the word struggle somewhat. I believe so. Between all God and all man. Yeah. The man part. Yeah. The, The man side that was just like you and I. Yeah. I don't want to go through that pain. Well, was having this conversation with the God side. Yeah. And and what makes him different than us is that the God side always led. Always won. Yeah. Always won. You know, you talk about how he was born like us, but he didn't die like us. I thought of, of a sunrise service that I was a part of many years ago, and it was a ministerial alliance sunrise service. So we had mm-hmm. the mixed multitude there. Yeah, and we had this one guy get up there, and he he preached his part, and he said that I'm tired of hearing there was some divine reason why Jesus died. The reason why Jesus was died was simply 
to be like everyone else and to show that life begins and life ends. Fortunately, I followed this guy <laughs> and I got up there and said, I don't believe a word that he just said. Yep, that's right. <laughs> he said, Jesus died for our sins. He had to, he had to give his life as a ransom. So that's right. You know, those things are so irritating when you hear those. Yeah, I know it. And that was a preacher. But I often think they say things like that because one, maybe out of ignorance, but two, because they don't want to offend. That could be. Well, also, he came to seek and to save the lost. Yeah. And when Jesus came to the place, according to Luke 19, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he also was a son of Abraham. For the son of man, and there's that mission statement he gave, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's right. That's right. I hear your kitty cat back there. Yeah, yeah. She's wondering why I'm not downstairs. But anyway. What's your cat's name? Onyx. Onyx. Okay. All right. Um, and then we see that he came to serve. Yes. I mean, we already read the scripture that said he didn't come to be served, but to be a servant. Right. I right. wonder what would happen if our politicians and... Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. How about if everybody became a servant? Yeah. Tell you me know. about it. Yeah. Well, but also he came... Yeah. He also came to bring peace. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, for he himself is our peace. Again, just like he's the way, the truth, and the life, he's also right. peace. Right. who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to the God in both the God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to one spirit, in one spirit, to the Father. You know, it was prophesied by Isaiah that Jesus would be the Prince of Peace. That's right. And That's when right. he came, he brought peace. Peace, and that, that peace is primarily a peace between man and God. That's because right, before, not, not in the culture. Exactly. Because right. before, we were enemies of God. They right. came to bring peace, we might have peace with him. And that's a peace that transcends understanding. Yeah, because there's other places he talks about, I didn't come to bring peace, but... I came sword. with the sword. And, you know, his, his truth caused division in people's lives. Yeah. Yes. It, it brought turmoil it's, in people's it lives. It still does. It still does. That's why America, if you think America's in the shape it is today because of racial issues or whatever else it is, it's not. It's because it's turned its back on Jesus Christ. There's no peace. Without, apart from Christ, there can be no peace. That's right. I believe that's why there's addictions are up. I, I believe that's why there's so, so many things that depression and on and on it goes. There's medicine for, for anxiety and, and stress and all that is, is sky high. Why is there people, um, you know, they want to say people are addicted to the um, oxycodone and all that kind of stuff. People like that feeling. They're, they're looking for a sense of peace, but they can't find it apart from Christ. That's so they're right. looking other to other means. That's right. 
And then, you know, we said this, he came to bring a sword. Uh, Don't think I've come to bring peace to earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. When you look at what is he doing? The word, it, it tells us that the word of God came to divide. It came to, 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 to pierce into every joint and marrow. Mm-hmm. Not, not, to, not to hurt like being stabbed, but to do surgery to bring healing. Yeah. But, but the peace got, it has to go deep. And, yeah. and when it goes deep, I mean, now you're confronted with your ways to Christ's ways. Yeah. And there's a lot of turmoil there. Who, who are you going to, who's going to really serve on the throne room of your life? Who are you going to follow after? Exactly. And exactly. the sword is not, you know, that's, it's a harsh word. It's like military. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't like that either. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, he also came to bind up broken hearts. Isaiah an Old Testament prophet who prophesied some 700 years before Jesus came along. He's often referred to as the Old Testament gospel because there's so many very clear prophecies of Jesus. One thing he said about him was in Isaiah 61. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. We know that this is talking about Jesus because when Jesus began his public ministry, he got up, he read these passages of scripture, this passage of scripture in the synagogue, and then he said, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of like us to go to the last three, Dave, if we yeah. could, and kind of finish with this, because I look at these last three and I go, first of all, he came to satisfy our deepest thirst. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus, we have a lot that we just don't have time to share. No, yeah. no, no. We could go on for hours on this, but I think when you look at, um, there's a thirst that's out there. And, and, and I think God has placed that thirst in people's life. It's just, they've not recognized that the only way they're going to be satisfied in life is through Christ. Right. Right. And he also, um, came, he also came to be loved by God's children. Now that yeah. goes along with the worship that we were talking about earlier, but Jesus right. said to them in John eight forty two, if God were your father, you would not love me for I came, uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Maybe I should reread that. Reread that. If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. He came to be loved by us. Mm -hmm. That's interesting statement right there. Mm -hmm. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. God sent is important for us to understand. God sent. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things today <laughs> that are sent out, but but if it's not sent out by God, it's not a good thing. Right. And the greatest thing that's ever been sent out by God is his son. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, incredible that he, he loved us so much that he sent us a gift, mm -hmm. a gift that, that is easily accessible, but needs to be opened. Mm -hmm. a, and a gift that was sent by God so that we can be with God forever. Yeah. In incredible, incredible. Yeah. Again, I think it goes that ties into Jesus says, it's not my will, but your will be done. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last one is to reveal God's glory. That's why he came. Yeah. John, um, I, I love the glory to God in the highest. There's several songs, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you look at scripture says in John 1 14 and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, uh -huh. and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. When Christ was born and fulfilled prophecy, the glory of God came upon our earth like yeah. never before. Amen. Amen. And people wonder why you and I love Christmas. Yeah. And we could, yeah. as we said, we could go on and on there. The Jesus is absolutely the reason why we love Christmas. And folks, we want to thank you for listening to us. We yeah. want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We want to thank right. Andy and we yeah. want to thank everybody who, uh, well, all of you. We just want to thank you for listening and we want you to have a great Christmas. Yeah. We always say, remember this, two Daves are better than one, but this time... There's only one that's the best, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's right. Way better than two days. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next time, we'll see you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next year. That's right. Well, no, we still have one more week in the year. <sighs> Just when I thought this year was over with. Great. Okay, we'll talk to you one more time. That means I have to meet with this guy one more time. That's right. All right. Merry Christmas, anyway. Merry Christmas. Bye.